Good afternoon. Hope you're good. I'm Jack Chu. That still comes in hot, doesn't it, that music? You're going to have to keep working on trying to dampen that down a little bit. I keep forgetting to, to, to sort out that video. Sorry about that, blaring in your ears this Monday afternoon. Um, really excited about this as being the first of a series of five shows in which I speak to the my top five picks for the CSP's council elections, which are current, right? You can vote now. Um, you've got like this week and next week, I think, to vote. And so, um, as I said in my show on Friday, one of the main conclusions of that show is for you to vote, engage with the process. I really encourage that. I can't believe the talent that is on show. And uh, also, as you will dem as will be demonstrated from the next five shows that I've got planned, you will hear from, from those candidates and it will be in better shape as a profession and the wider industries associated to our profession uh, will be in better shape if, if we have these people at the helm. Uh, I believe that with uh, my whole heart. So I'm delighted to, to get stuck into it, including today with Sue Julians, uh, becoming uh, a friend of mine in recent times, I would say. I don't know if she'd agree. She, she might put me right on that straight away. That would be amusing. But we've we've spoken on this show and behind the scenes, especially um, since, the, since the pandemic, really, I think. We've kind of our paths have crossed more online. Um, and I really just, uh, as I said on Friday's show, just love how she thinks and love how she puts herself about, really, in terms of... Um, Certainly one that just quite obviously avoiding all the corners in which sometimes people do hide, you know, all the all the things that you might take the low hanging fruit or to or to keep their, their head below the parapet. She just doesn't do that. And that's I admire that in, in, in every which way. And so I'm delighted to have got to know her and therefore delighted that she's throwing a hat in the ring in this context. And so without further ado, let me click a few buttons and hopefully Sue can join me. So let's get rid of that frame and let's then hopefully have Sue with me. Sue, can you hear me? Yes, Jack. So, as I've just, as I just, you know, warned the audience that you might put me right, but we've got to know each other, haven't we? Um, in recent, in recent months, and so I have been. I was a bit giddy when you told me that you were putting yourself forward for this. Um, what, what I want to just quickly give you a chance to do, though, um, is just introduce yourself uh, to the to the listeners as to what it is you're running for and why. Okay, so obviously I'm running for a CSP council, and just a little bit of a background of of my experience and what have you in physio I qualified in 1990 so so very a long time ago I've done a postgraduate sports diploma and a post, post postgraduate masters I worked for a time in um, the NHS for the army for a rugby team I worked with professional dancers professional footballers in my early career but in my later part of my career I worked with more kind of grumpy um I don't mean grumpy as in <laughs> city workers, more sedentary workers. I'm more uh, focused in on kind of spinal and chronic issues, et cetera, and, and workplace ergonomics, all that kind of stuff. And I started my own clinic from scratch in 2003 um, and bought the Barbican Clinic to move into in 2015, where I've been ever since. So that's a little bit about my background. Um, why I wanted to put myself forward um, for for council is is really uh, there's a couple of reasons. One, um, I've got the time now to do it. Uh, I my uh, my wee girls are um, a bit older. They're eleven and thirteen. The younger ones going off to senior school. They don't need me as much at home, and so um, with all the experience I've had in all the competing interests within our industry so although you know I don't uh, I haven't been in the NHS for a very long time I do really feel that a lot of the things we fight are very similar so with, with you know insurance underfunds 
private physio in the same way as funding underfunds NHS physio. So I think we've got more in common than than more apart, really. Um, and unfortunately, these two things have been a vicious cycle for such a long time where you know you get away with doing this amount of physio and completely ignoring rehab and all other things that make people's lives so much better and then the insurers say well they're not doing that so we're just going to provide what they do but just a bit faster and then you end up you know with this whole kind of competing thing where less and less and less physio is is championed and and available to patients and we all know how brilliant the profession is and how much difference we make to people. Um, and so I just felt quite passionately that, you know, we need to change this cycle of less and less and less physio uh, and, and make it kind of more accepted um, uh, as a valid medical intervention, really, rather than opioids and surgery and everything else. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just a quick quick point because the audience um, I noticed from from social media may well be um, more varied uh, because of the nature of these shows and so I just wanted to uh, wanted to make sure that I firstly on a technical level I want to ask um, you guys if you're tuning in live you, wherever it is you might find us be that LinkedIn Facebook Twitter etc then you can post comments and I will certainly be bringing those questions forward if they're questions or comments and we'll bring them on screen it's a very interactive show like that if you if you're new around here uh, but if you are listening after the fact then the best way to get in touch is either again on comments of the recorded uh, streams or if you're listening on the podcast feed then just email info at physio-matters.com and that will reach us uh, but because of that Sue I just wondered your thoughts on the difference between some of the MSK-centric topics me and you have spoken about before, as well as that being sometimes where some of our, our passions lie. Just out of interest, why do you feel you're someone that is going to be someone that can be useful for the, for the whole profession and will represent the whole profession as the new CSP's council is structured? I think that um, one has to be honest. Uh, my experience is in one area. So my first thing to do would be to listen to, to what other sectors within our profession want and need um, and I would want people if I was going into something I'd want to be engaging with people and saying what's your thought on this you're the person on the ground because what I really kind of feel is uh, the need to have not a separated CSP council and people on the ground doing something else I want I want to be able to, to be approachable so people can tell me their thoughts and if it is something that's outside of my knowledge base and what have you, which I, I would just want to engage with people and just say, okay, tell me what you want, what you think, what you need, so that I can represent them well, because I'm not going to know everything about every sector of physio. <laughs> of course. And do you, do you then, by implication, do you feel that that is somewhat been the status quo? Would that be a difference? Would that be a change then for a more approachable council and a more connection between the, the grassroots, the shop floor, call it what you will, and council? Is that part of your critique? I don't, I don't have a sense. I don't really know anybody on the council at the moment. Now, that's probably my fault. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not aware of people that I can contact and say, my piece too if I'm concerned about something so you know again it may well be my fault but I just want to make sure that people who feel they have got 
something to say and want something said and want those views represented are able to email me or get in contact with me or, or I'm able to reach out on social media and say, hey, guys, what do you think about this? Because this isn't an area I'm so familiar with so that I can get a reasonable idea of what people's opinions are going in. Because I, I think with any with any hierarchical, with anything with management and, and workers, theory and practice, there's too much division, isn't there? So, so, yeah. so unless you actually know what's going on on the ground, how can you really represent people well? Mm. No, that's a, it's, a, it's definitely a fair point. And so, there, yeah, that that outreach and approachability, um, it'd be a, a it'd be a really smart move. And uh, Joe's mentioning here about visibility being key. Uh, how do you feel we might be able to improve that then? What would be your key strategies to, to make that more? Because you know, it's one of them things that we could be at risk of doing, isn't it? In that it's yeah. great in principle, but what in practice would you do? Well, the other thing, we've got to be careful we're not creating echo chambers either. So, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it all on Twitter where only the people that agree with me follow me sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That There needs to be a big attempt. So I'd be interested in other people's uh, ideas on this. I mean, would it be something that I say, look, here's my email address. This is what we're talking about. Can you retweet it? Or do I do it in a different way? Or uh, do I meet with different groups and say, okay, what you know, I'm happy to have a Zoom meeting with you guys about this uh, so that I, uh, yeah, I just don't want to have an echo chamber kind of situation. I want to really make sure that I'm not just representing the loudest viewpoints. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go, really. Yeah, well, exactly. And I know it's someone, as someone who is one of those loud viewpoints, I suppose I'm not always the best person to answer that question, that how do we reach the unreachables um, is, is often what I get asked. I think one of the things that's that's been interesting is that unfortunately the CSP's engagement rates with its members have been low, including unfortunately on, on voting for council. And so you've just ended up, even when they had a constitutional amendment change, which was quite significant and profound within the organization, the engagement rates were, were low. And so it's just something that is a, a tough nut to crack, uh, but equally when that is difficult, it's important enough for us to try a number of different things, right? And to explore options and to really aspire to, to sort that out and improve that approachability uh, problem if, if we do feel there is one. Um, as you said, you know, it, it could well be on, on you, but I, I will admit I hear that time and time again. And also, um, despite being someone that, that thinks in public about this sort of stuff quite frequently, that that, that has still been a problem um, that I've noted. And, and that approachability is something that, whilst has, has moved in the right direction, is something that I think we should all keep aspiring to, to correct for. One of the things that you mentioned in the it's the, it's the set, the first sentence of your second paragraph in your statement is we are undervalued you've mentioned a little bit about why you feel that is and you've used the example with regards to medical you know, funding and and is that is that where it where it ends in terms of it being literal cash value put on our care and no 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 that's not that's not what i meant and you have to understand and i'm sure all the other candidates will agree that was 300 words so you're having to, to to condense it i just think that um for whatever reasons i mean we went from kind of a doctor-led to a management-led system of, of, of healthcare. and um we haven't had a lot a, a load a load enough voice in whichever meeting room there is on this and so and I think we need to get beyond you know it's easier for a GP for example to prescribe anti-inflammatory drugs for arthritis than to 
uh, access physiotherapy for it. Um, and that's not their fault. That's just the way that the system is with regards to wait lists and all those kind of things. And yet we can now see this brilliant body of research coming out um, about you know rehab programs for OANE and and the, the the dropping of opioid use and the increase of lifestyle uh, measures etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think that you know hopefully the tide will start to turn towards what we do because it's also it's it's really compared to everything else it's pretty low cost. I think it's a no brainer on a kind of funding point of view. It should be a no brainer. So why isn't more of it financed? Um, it, we're, we're relatively cheap compared to drugs and surgery, really. Uh, so, so it's it, it's it's. I think I I wonder if we struggle from not being doctors or consultants in the same way as people are understood. We're we. I still uh, this may be inaccurate because let's face it, I'm old and it's been a long time since I've been in such a hierarchy. I'm at the top of mine. but it it, it does feel like we are not considered equal and our opinions are not considered equal to the people in the medical profession. And I think maybe that's wrong, but but we need to have a stronger presence. No, I mean, I, I agree with that. I certainly wasn't, it wasn't a line that I had a bone to pick with. It's something that I speak about a lot. I think it's, there's a few levels to it. There's certainly the, the financial aspect of undervalue where it, as soon as you can measure it, you can sometimes see that that's where it manifests. There's then also that internal value with regards to within healthcare professions and within what are considered to be hierarchical schemes and, and, and where that our voices can sometimes get subordinated. Then there's also this, what is probably the most challenging of them in many ways is this social value, right? How respected do you feel we are as a profession amongst the public? So what, what's your take on that? I think the public value is hugely, actually. Uh, I don't think I don't think they undervalue us. I think that we just uh, and I think if we manage to show our outcomes rather better, and I think that's really the crux of the problem. We've because it's so difficult to measure our outcomes, and everybody's doing it differently. And uh, um, it, we can't. Pr we've not been able to prove our worth in in a way that funders understand. So in a way that you can calculate the cost benefit of doing this in the same way as as you can for say. A, prescription of drugs or whatever um so but i don't i don't think the public undervalue us but they will undervalue us if we to give them shoddy care because we're only allowed to see them twice sure the complex current conditions so so okay. you know you, you have the situation where you know whichever you know i'm going to go there i'm going to go to the public private um independent should i say independent sector public sector type thing is that it you know in in, in the private sector we see people a lot who haven't been allowed to have a decent course of physio in the NHS yeah. and so they come to us because they're still in pain they've had two sessions of exercise and advice and that's it and and, and not a lot of toing and froing that's not that's not a criticism of the physio that's a criticism of the system um, and and in, in in the private sector of course we have much more autonomy uh, much more freedom much more independence um, and that can lead to a uh, rogue practitioners uh, treating your frozen shoulder 25 times with a bit of stretching and ultrasound um so right. so we need to get our house in order as, as private practitioners to, to to have these outcomes and that's why physio first the data for impact um the the other msk groups doing slightly something different whether we're using psfs whether we're using this or that if we can just get that right <laughs> then we can make sure that we understand each other and the other thing um is the advanced practitioner pathway so 
on my little blurb, it says uh, first contact practitioner. Now, that slightly changed after because I did the first contact practitioner weekend, the first one. And I emailed them and I said, look, am I appropriate for this? I'm a private practitioner. I've got my MACP. I'm, I'm working as a, as a first contact physiotherapist. And I completely misunderstood what that was, right. even with a bit of digging. So I'm not working as a triage MSK specialist at all. I'm working general as, as an outpatient physiotherapist. So, so that there is a slight amendment to my blurb in that, you know, I would want all of my guys when the advanced practitioner pathway is, is sorted out to do that pathway as a, as a nice rubber stamp of quality. That's sure. where I would want to go to, yeah. to, 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 to show the quality of, of what I believe that we do for our patients. Yeah, I like. I really like that. It's something that's come through whenever we've spoken. Is that you are someone that wants to aspire towards what are credible credentials, uh, both as a person and as a business, and then as you, for, for your staff and the advanced practice roadmap that NHS England, sorry, Health Education England, have put forward um, is certainly one that does that. I think it's interesting that you've experienced that despite best efforts, there's still been misunderstandings within the litany of three-letter acronyms that we're all trying to understand and cope with. And, and there's some messaging that clearly needs to be improved around that. And you're, you're obviously a, a, amongst it. I just want to make sure I don't forget to come back, though, to – I don't know how much – you know, it's, I'm glad that you feel this way. I'm not sure I agree with whether the public – value us or not I don't think we know I think they don't understand necessarily what we do I think it's a huge disparate variation in practice that also means that there's a variation in experience which means there's a variation in perception so I think that those that know of us and especially those that know of us well from direct or familial experience I think I think they do value us but I think that the social perception of what we do is still a, a fascinating topic I was wondering what your thoughts yeah. are I think I can only speak from the feedback that we get from because I do a lot of stats with I've got three big company contracts and I do quarterly stats for them and we ask them all the patients um, for feedback and in fact uh, one of the companies I work with has almost like a uber driver five star thing going on <laughs> and so independently the patients vote for give us a rating sure. uh, to the company yeah. uh, and that's and that's quite interesting and um and quite nerve-wracking when that comes around fortunately uh, the, the guy i've got going into this particular company is brilliant as as are all the therapists that work for me uh but uh and he he, he <laughs> regularly scores a kind of five-star rating um um but um but i think the, the, there's a difference between obviously my own clinic and what my patients are telling us as to as opposed to person on the street and I, I, I don't really know the answer to that that's what that's what's interesting that. isn't it like I, I i can't help but be fascinated by that right let's do some you know uh, appropriate methodology of, of 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 capture but what would that what would that look like what what do you know of physiotherapy of physiotherapists and and for us to try and understand that i think that there's such a difference between those that have been exposed and those that haven't to us i've just noticed that i was going to i was meaning to come back to this graham pope um, has, has commented from LinkedIn. Hi, Graham, and thanks for listening. I'll come to you second comment in a second, but I want to just address this. This is something that's independent of Sue's interview, of course. Um, we've got um, my five picks for council that are on the show Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then next Monday. Uh, check out the timetable 
Um, oh, I should put that up on screen, actually. I'll, I'll set to doing that when Sue next answers. Um, but Graham's asked, are we having all, am I having all the candidates on for a chat? I'm having all five of my picks. I don't know how many uh, have gone for it. I think there's maybe 12 candidates on the whole ballot. No, they're not coming on the show necessarily. I'm not averse to it, but uh, generally it's also not my job. Uh, to do that. I wasn't commissioned for a, a series or anything. This is me uh, granted with, with my biases. Also, uh, five people that I know uh, and would be really confident in vouching for. So these are my five picks for, for council. Uh, but a few people have asked that. So thanks, Graham, for, for doing so. He also then goes on to say, that to the public who have had who have experience of exposure to physiotherapy, doing the main value is as a profession and professionals, the challenges that this is a small proportion of the public. Does that speak to what you've just said? That ex that's exactly, I, complete, right. I completely agree with that 100%. And I think that actually some patients feel fobbed off if they're sent to physio before they've tried it. They yeah. wanna see a consultant, they wanna have a scan, they wanna have a diagnosis. Um, and, and so, um, you know, yeah, I would completely agree with that. Mm, no, it's interesting. So what what um what I wondered to, you know, I, wanted, I really wanted to understand really is like, what do you think timing wise, is really interesting about now uh, because it's definitely something we've spoken about off air and i'd love you to bring that forward here is to what is it about this very moment not just for you timing wise personally you've already answered that but i just mean what are the opportunities and challenges we face right now uh, that you feel it would be a really good time for us and could be a really good time for us as a professional yeah I, yes i did briefly allude to you know i've got i've got a bit of spare time on my hands now that my kids are a bit older and don't need me to look over their english homework and things um and pick them up from school and also why don't i just do more clinical work well um I, i've got arthritic hands two days a week is enough for me uh before i get sore and um i really enjoy what i do i don't want my business to get any bigger i'm very happy the size it is and I feel that it's something you know with my age and experience and what have you I've, I, I've got the time to do it justice um so so um and obviously with covid that brings in another dimension altogether um I I'm sure I'm not alone as a private practitioner in just looking at that total shit show that all of our NHS colleagues were going through and thinking what can I do to help and you put yourself on the NHS bank. We weren't used. You know, they're all kind of. I, I did a bit of test and trace, but gave it up after a week because they were paying me to sit and do nothing. Um, I did a stint at the Nightingale Hospital at the beginning of the year, um, but it, you know, there was there was there was resource for us to be involved, and where the, the links aren't there for for it to become very easy. So. Um, I actually thought about, you know, how can we help with not just this and but in the future, you know, is the is the scenario that we, we use these networks, these extra qualifications, this like um, directory of people who we know and trust have done the same stuff as us so that we can have some surge capacity in the private sector later down the line? What happens when you're all another winter crisis comes along and maybe we're a bit quieter in private practice would it be some uh, some point where we could take on some of that work um 
and collaborate a little bit more rather than everything being stretched to the max. Well, you've got, they've got, to, NHS has got to be able to trust the private sector to do that. We've got to prove our worth. We've also got to do the, the shit jobs as well as the good ones, or yeah. not shit, shit jobs, but we've got to take on. Yeah, there's some grunt, there's some grunt work. It's not all just glamour. You can't just. Exactly. You can't just take the patients and, and, yeah. and get paid and, yeah, expect to be thanked for that. You've got to do the other stuff as well. Some of the governance, some of the, uh, you know, measuring some of the training of uh, junior staff, uh, mentoring, all that kind of stuff. So if for that, we need to have that kind of trust. Um, and so that was one of the other things is... is so you do, know, you like, do you like this this kind of, it's probably not the best phrase for it, but I kind of get why, get why it's been used, but they've sort of suggested a reservist sort of scheme I think, yeah, territorial army type thing right. makes sense to me. Uh, right. I worked for the army for a couple of years, so so I was very well familiar with it. Right. In that, you you know, a private practitioner would do a week or two in the NHS every year. Um, and then they could be called upon in times of acute stress to the NHS. So it's not something that needs a lot of training Right. you know love induction if you're having to go in and do stuff but you but you've already got that skill so you can be called on at, at short notice if for example we had something like this again and we could actually go into hospitals um if we have the, the time to do that etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think you'd find people willing to, to to do that i mean we all like helping patients we all went into this job for the same reason hmm. um and it's incredibly rewarding work, actually. Um, yeah. So, so I think you'd you'd have a, a load of people who wanted to do that and to be able to help out. But for that, it needs to be a little bit more integrated, really. Sure. What what um I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm sorry to drag it personal uh, to some degree, but what personal attributes do you feel you have that will well suit you to this role on council? <laughs> I am a very independent thinker. <laughs> um, I like to find out my own information. I'm quite thorough. Um, if you will probably be aware of this because you like your psychology and your philosophy and all that, um, the Ash conformity, com conformity experiment. Uh, do you know that one? I don't think so. Okay, maybe so I know, you, maybe I know it in, in its. <laughs> you'll know you'll know it in hope, in, in its different so guise. <laughs> the Ash conformity, uh, it's psycho psychological experiment was basically if you put a load of people in the room, um, if you put a load of people in the room, there's just a couple of them, and ten of them are your stooges, right? Sure. Yeah. You ask an obvious question, and the answer is wrong. Do you agree with this statement? Who complies with the masses? Who complies? Right. I would be one of only 25% who would always say, no, hang on a minute. I'm not going to, you know, I can't just take that on face value. Yeah. You need to explain stuff to me. Um, I am, I'm not tribal in any way. I don't go along with things just because it's my mate or because I generally believe the same, have the same set of beliefs as the people in front of me. Right. Um, I'll always ask those questions. It's just like, okay, so this seems like a really great idea. Where are the downsides? What what can we do to make sure that this is where we want, how we want to go forwards? And so, yeah, I will always be an independent thinker, an independent voice, not scared to ask questions to, to an, an orthodox viewpoint. You can imagine and my audience will know how much that's music to my ears in every which way. And obviously the fact that you're on this show in this context means that 
that obviously I'm supportive of that. I think it'd be a really positively disruptive force in, in many ways for you to then apply said independent mind and thinking to the task at hand. However, I can already hear the the sort of screams of what that would be in some ways. Is that is that is that disruption for disruption's sake? Is that just needless no, heresy? No, no, you, what, not, is there a point in which you become compliant to the to the greater good? You know, what does, does is there a threshold that you have? Because obviously your in, your independence then eventually you, there are moments in which you will speak as a voice, you will speak as an organization, you will speak as a profession, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So when, when does it become that group? I'm not a contrarian. I'm not going to disagree for the sake of disagreeing, for the sake of being a pain in the ass. Um, I, if I've got questions, I'll ask the questions, you know. And if, but if we have, um, if we have a situation where there is a majority viewpoint, of course, uh, you know, if I'm on the council, then um, I have to. You, you go along with the group decision. Yeah, and then Graham spoke to to that. Um, question really as to how would you deal with council decisions which are made but you disagree so well I'm only one person out of what 70,000 physios in this country I've not got a right to to to, to counter that view just because I disagree with it really. will you be a vocal public rebel though because there's a difference isn't there right you could have a, you've had you've had the debate you've maybe not won out the majority a decision's been made are you, are you then you know do you feel that it'd be be wise for you to then say let's make let's make public some of the counter arguments we made in the boardroom or is it something that you you know you, you'll you'll with withhold that i think anything to increase engagement in a council that is responsible for steering us into the future is a good thing sure. the worst thing you want is to people to ignore the council because yeah. it just gets on with its stuff and never speaks outside of its thing right so if there was, I mean, I have, I'm not on the council, so I don't know how it works. And if there are rules that say you cannot say anything against this, then of course I have to be bound by the rules of the council. So I, I would have to, um, I would have to comply with that. But I'd be keen if there was a discussion, if we were going for something that I would represent all those views going in, including the countering views. If the decision has been made then of course we have to go forwards and support that decision. Uh, but I want there to be a, a worthwhile conversation before the decision is made. Once the decision is made, that's it, it's done. I think that that's what's interesting and one of the things that excites me about your candidacy really is that you're, you're, you're pro-transparency, pro-conversation and also just someone that on the public communication side, you seem to be one that, that a person that across the piece of, of, of things wants the, wants the record to be uh, where appropriate public so that then people can understand what who's and ours and, and, and challenges have been overcome to the decision that has been made so that it doesn't feel arbitrary uh, which is what is it like okay. i said exciting for me so thank you so much i i agree with joe turner of course here who says best luck in the next in the sorry best luck in the election so great candidate and you absolutely are thank you so much for throwing your hat in the ring and all the best with it of course you've Thanks, got our, our full backing and you're certainly already on on my ballot and i'm sure many others uh, but yeah and anything else we can do to help just give us a give us a shout tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you with regards to say social media and how they can reach you if they have any further questions oh yeah uh, well um i'm snj under slash 1970 yes i was born in 1970 uh, that's my my twitter hashtag um, and, and my clinic is Barbican Physio, if you want to check that out. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And we'll speak soon, no doubt. All right. Okay, Cheers thanks, Jack. All the best. Bye. Bye.